What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 69 of your favorite podcast, the Gordite Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. Today, for a multitude of reasons, not just because it's episode 69, but we have Kelly Igo, Team Haley Assistant Coach Kelly Igo, joining us today. And we're going to talk about approaching the client's diet, macros versus meal plan, the bikini division, how things are, are backstage, and her journey from hiring me to winning her first overall. Dude, this is a fire, fire episode. So inside, there's going to be an abundance of information. I'm really fired up for you guys to hear it. Episode 69 of the Grow or Die podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley20 at checkout to support the podcast and to help us expand this thing even more. Scroll down, give us five stars if you love us. If you hate us, just don't tell anybody. Episode 69, we'll see you inside. All right, you guys, today we have one of my favorite human beings uh, on planet Earth. And if you guys know who she is, if you guys follow her on Instagram, um, then it it is very likely she's one of your favorite human beings as well, given her energy, the charisma. But honestly, the the intelligence like Kelly Igo is one of the smartest fucking human beings that I think I've you know ever really met, and it's wild because she's still so young; she hasn't even finished college yet. Um, one of the team Haley assistant coaches um, here, Kelly Igo. Welcome to the Grow or Die podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. You're so kind. <laughs> see, you see, <laughs> guys, isn't that fucking adorable? We love it. <laughs> oh my god! So no, Kelly I really is it. Kelly's in school right now, uh, finishing up um, so, some uh, work to to be a registered dietitian. Um, Kelly, tell us a little bit like about the process as how you know how you came about wanting to be a registered dietitian. What made you really want to hop into that field, um, and how has the process of school been? Has it been pretty challenging to this to this point? Yeah, yeah. So good question. So becoming a registered dietitian is a really complex thing to go through, which I don't think a lot of people understand. And when you get into it, you don't know that it's going to be this long road ahead. So I got my uh, bachelor's in nutritional sciences last year in May. And so I have a few more classes that I need to fulfill in order to meet what is called the DPD requirements, because the schools you go to, they have to be an accredited university. And my school was just not there yet in terms of what's ascent. And so I'm finishing out some coursework at, at a school in Boston. Um, I have one more year. I switched to part-time because I had a larger uh, client load than I've uh, ever had yeah. before. So <laughs> we switched to part-time so I could manage everything, but it's worth it because I want to get really good grades because you have to get accepted into an internship. Mm-hmm. And so this is like a crazy matching process. Um, it's, it's pretty intense. And mm-hmm. so about 60% of applicants get matched and these are really good students. So like the pressure is on. Absolutely. So it's definitely a, a long process, but so you do a one-year internship, eight, eight to 10 months, um, depending on where you go. And then you have to sit down for your exam, but you have to do a lot of studying before you take this big exam. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite the process. I'll, yeah. I'll be doing school for a total of six years. And then I have that internship. So it's almost like seven years of school. Wow. It's pretty crazy. That so, is bonkers. Yeah, it's a lot, but I absolutely love nutrition. And so I got involved with nutrition at a really young age, which is kind of surprising to a lot of people. I started tracking my calories at like 14 years old Mm -hmm. um, because I went to a doctor's appointment, a yearly physical, and I had come back with blood work that had said I had high cholesterol. I was pre-diabetic. I was like overweight based on my scale weight. And I was getting teased like really bad at the time, but I think I was like almost in denial because I wasn't always like a chubbier kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, oh, they're just, you know, saying I'm not, you know, but then I kind of realized I was like, okay, well, this is a big wake up call. And so when I was uh, seven years old, I lost my father to a heart attack. And so when I heard that I had high cholesterol, it like hit a nerve with me. And so at a young age, I was like, oh my goodness, like, I don't want to end up like that. So. I started like going to the gym and I started researching nutrition. And what I found was I really enjoyed learning about nutrition, learning about training and just living that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So 
it kind of just all spiraled in that way. So I had met with a registered dietitian at the, in the hospital setting that I was at. They, they had referred me to an outpatient um, and she was so nice to me. And she was like, why are you in my office? You don't look like you need my help. And I was like, that's so nice because all everybody's been telling me is that I'm overweight and I just <laughs> yeah. feel like crap. Of course. And so for her to be so nice to me, I think that was the moment I was like, I want to do that for people. Absolutely. I want to help people in that way and be that person because that was, she doesn't know I never even got to follow up with her, but she doesn't know. She, she kind of changed my life that day in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really cool. And, and that was a really memorable experience. So that's kind of how I got into nutrition and that's kind of why I wanted to pursue Now that. it's, it's cool to hear that story. I actually did it. I, I don't think we've ever discussed, uh, that meeting with a registered dietitian because now you're paying it forward. And there's so many of your clients. I mean, I, I get, loads and loads of messages about all of my assistant coaches and how great they are to their clients and stuff. But dude, I get more, more, um, uh, messages about freaking Kelly, just the time <laughs> she puts in the attention to detail, how uplifting she is. So you're paying it forward now too. And you know, you're kind of fulfilling exactly what you set out to do already. And like, you're just getting started in all this. And I, I, I think that's really cool. And that's very empowering. I think, you know, one of the coolest parts about our job is we have the ability to empower others so much. Right. But yeah, the, 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 the harsh reality of our industry is oftentimes coaches take the opposite route and mm -hmm. they, you know, decide to tear people down or make people feel bad about themselves or, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, so let's talk about just how you communicate with your clients because your, your client communication is absolutely bonkers. Um, you know, like how, how do you really get someone to, um, like buy in and go all in and really bet on themselves because you do get a lot of clients who come to, you, you know, I see that, you know, I see them all, uh, you get a lot of clients who come to you who are in vulnerable places. So what's your kind of process of, you know, building them up, if you will. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So I think that the biggest thing that I do, and this just is like, this is my personality is I try to make everybody feel really welcome mm -hmm. and really like safe with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I never want someone to feel awkward because of me. I'm like, I'm just me, you know, don't feel uncomfortable around me. So I try to make the relationship really comfortable right from the start. That's always my goal. Um, so that way that line of communication is open. So when we're doing check-ins or in between check-ins, I encourage my clients to reach out in between check-in. I want them to talk to me. And so when I'm working with a client who maybe is coming with to me with a low self-esteem or, you know, a background such as that, I want them to know, like, just because you're not where you want to be right now, doesn't mean you're never going to get there. Like I've been in your shoes. And I think that also plays a role as like, I am very relatable mm -hmm. because I've been through this journey myself and I've kind of, I've kind of been through it all in, in that way. And so I I think that helps is I'm yeah. a relatable person and, and I'm just human. I think that's, you know, and sometimes, and I even had a client tell me this the other day, like I've had other trainers that are just acting like they're so perfect all the time and they don't <laughs> deal with stress. And I'm like, I deal with stress all the yeah. time. That's probably the heart. Like, and I, you know, it, it happens. You have to get to meet your macros and it's okay that you have to do this and, and mm. just bringing people back down to earth and making it a realistic journey for them is huge. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that insight. I think that's really good. The, the, the other day I was, asked um, on my Q&A on Instagram, like, what's the perfect client? Hey, did you see that one? Did mm -hmm. you see how I answered that one? Yeah. And, and yeah. I said, I, I, I was like, you know, like, tr so for me, my, my roster is slightly different than Kelly's, although Kelly's really is kind of getting, you know, it, Kelly's is getting very competitive. It's really cool to see. But, you know, I... I expect perfect execution. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why, why would you hire me? Why would you spend this money? And why, why would you come to me? Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you weren't going to give that, I expect insane attention to detail. I expect every single set being taken all the way. I expect constant growth in your personal life, your physique, your, your training, you know, everything across the board. And then I said at the bottom, you know, I list all these things I said at the bottom, basically watch Kelly. I go <laughs> and, and like, that's the perfect fucking client. And it was interesting because I, I looked at the analytics on that story and there were like 800 and some sticker taps like went to you and people were like oh what's Kelly I go do nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's so hilarious sweet. yeah I love that so That's obviously awesome. you know your expertise is in diet is in nutrition is in how the human body um, you know functions with different diet mechanisms and uh, you know different items that you can introduce from food um, so 
How do you go about setting up a client's diet? What's your process from seeing their intake form when they start on board with you to actually getting them started with their protocols? Um, like, and then obviously the evolution of it from there, what's kind of your overall, um, what are you trying to accomplish here and how do you, how do you decide which diet setups right for them? Yeah. So a lot of the time I like to try and get on the phone, as you know, with the the client that might want to sign up with me, because I feel like I get so much from Mm -hmm. that phone call. And so the intake form is great. I understand, you know, where they're coming from at baseline, but I find that I have to kind of ask more questions to kind of pull information out of people because they don't realize it's important for me to know. So for example, would be like a dieting history. If somebody has been chronically yo-yo dieting for the past three years, we have a conversation, like we got to just establish Established and consistent intake and get your metabolic output up. Because mm-hmm. as you know, when you're yo-yo dieting constantly, which is a lot of what I deal with, and that's why I jumped right to this uh, kind of a topic, mm-hmm. is they, they don't have a consistent intake. They're having days of really low calories and then really high calories and their body's all over the place. So we get to establish that consistency. Mm-hmm. And so I, more than anything, I find out what their dieting history is. And then of course, you know, what they're thoughts and relationship with fitness and food are. So I I get clients that have had past eating disorders that are fully recovered, but that's a very important thing because I'm going to handle that client a lot differently than somebody that, you know, needs to learn the basics and just kind of have a really good relationship with food and they just need to learn the basics. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very different. And so I try to get a good history on the person. I want to know what they're doing for their job, because if I'm working with a nurse with an overnight shift schedule and they're very busy and they're a mom, like they might not be able to do the same things that my other clients that don't have those obligations, you know, so I approach their nutrition programming, their stepping programming, their cardio programming individualized to that. Um, that's a very big part of it. And so I don't use calculators. I know that that can be surprising to some people as I don't use a calculation anymore. Yeah. Um, I used to, when I first started, yeah. it's a really great starting point, but I don't use a special calculation. I get that question all the time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of it's coming from my knowledge and understanding of the physiology of the person that mm. I'm working with and their dieting history and you know, what their goals are. So what are their goals? Like, do they want to build muscle? Most people that come to us, they want to build some muscle. And so we got to make sure we get enough food in there and make sure we get their training intensity up, making sure that their energy output is up. um, Very important. So when I'm creating a program, I take all of those things into consideration, their metabolic output, their current physique, job, lifestyle, dieting, history, everything. And it, it really all does go into what your macros look like. And I know when the client gets it, they just see the macros, the cardio, but all of that thought goes into it. And yep. Your coach should be thinking about all of those things. Or if you're a coach yourself, you should be thinking about all of these things when creating yep. your client's programming. That's why, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to touch on that. I'm glad you brought it up. And these items right here that Kelly's talking about, that's why calculations can't really be used. In the beginning of your coaching experience, I do think that calculations are a good point or are, are a good place for you to start because, I mean, you have to have more experience. You have to have more anecdote to be able to go on to, to just understand from looking at a questionnaire, looking at a physique, looking at an intake form and understanding, you know, a, a person's history like Kelly's talking about their stresses like Kelly's talking about calculations don't take any of these into account. And, you know, I, I, I get that same question often. Like what calculations do you, I don't, I don't use calculations. I, I just, I look at all the data that I've been presented and it, I, I, I guess, I guess it's almost like second nature, you know, at this point. Um, but I, I, I remember, you know, I remember, uh, eight years ago, like I was using calculations and, um, you know, I, I, I was doing all of that. And then from there, you just kind of assess based off the biofeedback. If you're a new trainer, it's a fine place to start, but I would highly recommend you constantly assessing, constantly adapting your methods, your ways. Um, you know, like protein is, you know, pretty fucking easy to program. Honestly, fats are also really fucking easy to program. Um, it, you know, the only outlier is really carbohydrates, um, you know, for, for, for me, uh, because, you know, fats for a woman are going to be really high. If it's very obvious that they have an extremely, um, um, high powered metabolism, that's just turning over food and energy where they have a very low blood glucose, uh, naturally we, you know, we want to stave off, um, you know, them going hypo or it going too low, energy being utilized too fast during the workout. You know, there's, there, there's variances that come in here and there. Um, but protein and fats, once you see a physique and once you see questionnaire nearly 
they like they, they they just kind of appear um like you yeah. know exactly what's supposed to be carbohydrates are something that you know we we temper around a lot with and um you know not everyone if you come to me super lean that doesn't mean you get really high high carbohydrates you know because like kelly said how you're responding to stress what's your environment like what's your actual training output like what's your cardio like if your cardio is sky fucking high i mean the first thing we're gonna do is pull that shit out like we're gonna take your cardio out completely you're just gonna have neat well you know you're probably not gonna have extremely high carbohydrates at that point because we need to kind of you know, reverse the stress, uh, the stress um, response that, that your body has. Um, and if we just shuttle, 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 shuttle food, very likely a chance that digestion gets bogged up. So there's so many items taken into consideration here. So if you like Kelly said, if you're a coach listening to this and you know, you're just someone who utilize calculations, let's try and see how much you can learn to kind of maybe get away from that. Okay. And just keep compiling the anecdote, keep compiling, uh, you know, client results and, and, uh, just stacking it on top of each other. So you can kind of learn, learn, learn more. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that's really good. Kelly's very meticulous in her planning and, and in her approach. And I think that's a very strong way to be as a coach, especially in this day and age where, man, I, I mean, Kelly, you know, you and I, we get clients all the time of like, yeah, my old coach definitely didn't pay attention. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's so sad. Dude, it's so sad. Like, this is such a cool job and it's such a luxury service. And like, man, people just aren't paying attention. That's wild to me. Um, it is. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can't relate. But I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, both for you and Kelly. Yeah. So how long did it take you to kind of move away from the calculators either a number of years in education. I know Kelly and anybody who's in the same education that she is, is kind of special case because yeah. being taught that. Um, but those who are not in uh, any kind of nutritional degree, yeah. I guess, how long or how many clients would you say it take to get you to a comfortable place? Hey, Kelly, you go first. Oh, that's a good question. This so I'm going to be question. real honest. <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact day I started moving away from it because yeah. it, in school, like they, they don't really teach you about tracking macros or anything like that mm -hmm. in school, to be honest with you. Um, but I think I started moving away from it probably like six months into my own coaching, maybe even sooner than that. When I yeah. started my own online coaching in 2016, mm -hmm. just because it was so obvious that the calculators just weren't doing the job mm -hmm. and I just needed to change what I was doing and I was just learning. So I would say, and that wasn't a whole lot of clients either. So probably about six months into my coaching career, I started moving away from those calculators. That is a lot faster than wow. me. I think I was like two or three <laughs> years. I, I, would, I would expect that answer. Yeah. Yeah. I was about two or three, but you know, I, um, it's also, it's a little slanted for me because I started as just a trainer and as you know, mm -hmm. just a trainer, um, you know, like there's very, very few clients who actually help them with their diet. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't have a ton of diet, um, a, a ton of experience in food and managing diets and actually manipulating uh, the metabolic output or thyroid or hormonal activity through food. Um, I didn't get any of that. So later on, um, by the time I became an actual online coach, which Man, actually, yeah, that would have been about three and a half, four years into uh, my my um, time as a trainer. By the time I actually became an online coach, I was I, I was pretty confident in my abilities. I don't think I used a calculator. So yeah, it was actually a little bit. Like, yeah, that was about three and a half, four years. Wow. That it took me to really get away. Kelly's from ahead it. of the curve. Kelly, Kelly <laughs> is ahead of the curve in just about every component you could possibly be ahead of the curve. Like Kelly's so far ahead of Kelly. Like look up outlier in the definition dictionary. She's a little red dot way over yeah, here. She's yeah, she's a little red dot. That like, well, that's not really achievable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh it's phenomenal. Um, Kelly, I want you to talk to us from a registered, from a soon to be registered dietitian's <laughs> perspective. Um, pros and cons of macros and meal plans. You know, obviously we prefer macros here. Obviously, I have some clients who who follow meal plans that you help me with, and you have some clients who follow meal plans here and there. Um, just talk to talk about macros and meal plans. What are the pros and cons? Yeah. So macros and meal plans, it kind of depends on like whatever floats your boat. Like it, it does come down to preference. So that's a big part in choosing mm -hmm. which route you go. Um, but with macros, I find that like the pros of that is there's a lot more flexibility, mm -hmm. which my clients really enjoy. I really enjoy, like I, I'm not a meal plan girl myself. So I really like having that flexibility, um, really improving the relationship with food. So again, where I've, I've talked about, I, I work with a lot of women who have had an extensive dieting history. So 
the relationship with food is usually on the poor side. And so it can help give people freedom when they learn about nutrition through tracking macros. Like this is what a sweet potato is. It's a carbohydrate. Like some people really don't know that. So yep. it gives them power because they're like, well, if I don't want the sweet potato, I can have a piece of bread instead and it's all going to be good. Yep. So it's totally fine. And, and they learn. So I love it for that reason. And so it also helps to break down the wall of like those good foods versus bad foods, which is a really unhealthy way to view food. And I know that there, yes, there are healthy foods and yes, there are not really great Mm -hmm. foods for you, but like as a whole, just building that healthier relationship with food is going to be huge. And I love tracking macros for that. I think it gives people freedom and it gives them power. Um, The cons of it though, is that it's very easy to incorporate too many fun foods, which Mm -hmm. can lead to issues with digestion it can affect your progress believe it or not it mm-hmm. can and it 100 percent will yeah absolutely and it can be overwhelming for some people to track macros like it just might not work for their personality their lifestyle like looking at food as numbers just stresses some people mm-hmm. out and i can understand that you know so it, that's that's what i'd say the con of tracking macros mm-hmm. and then for like a pro of a meal plan you have that consistency every day you're hitting the same stuff so like you know there could be a slight variation if you're having a packaged food um while you're tracking macros and and you're so the fda allows like 20 to 20 25% variability on the labeling of food. So if you're tracking macros and you're utilizing a packaged food, it could be a little off. So if you're in like a contest prep, every little thing matters. So mm-hmm. that could be throwing you off and it could be stalling up progress, whatever. So really, really consistent with meal plans. Um, so you don't really have that issue. And there's not as much daily guesswork that goes into it. Not as much. There's still planning. You still have to prep your food. You still have to plan, but it's not to the degree of like tracking macros and sitting there trying to figure out, oh, can I fit this into my day? Um, Um, So I think that can be really nice and very straightforward. Mm. Digestion can really improve with a meal plan. This is usually when I will take this tool out. If somebody's having extreme indigestion consistently, I'll say, all right, we got to, we got to try something else. And we usually do that. And it usually fixes the issue. Now, of course, some people, they're going to be the outlier there and it's not going to fix the issue, but it does help. And that can be very beneficial. Mm. But with meal plans, you know, if you consume the same foods, like if you're on the same meal plan for years, and I know competitors go through this mm-hmm. and you don't switch up your sources and you're having, say you're having egg whites for three of your meals. It's really easy to become intolerant to having those egg whites because you're consuming them so much. Mm-hmm. So that is a downside. You can have like, a, it can be both, you know, it can be improving digestion, but can also affect digestion negatively if we're not getting variety in there. So that's important. Switching up the meal plan what's included. That's, um. that's very important because we see it far too often. Like people never had issues with food until they got on, you know, this meal plan from Joe Schmo who, you know, it, it was never changed in like 15 months. And, you know, now they can't have eggs or now they can't have almonds right. or now they can have X, Y, Z. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it, you just have to pay attention to these things. The client, right, exactly. the coach, you know, both these people, because the food intolerance, I mean, nobody's immune to it. Okay. Anyone can develop this food intolerance if we're just constantly blasting, um, you know, I mean, a protein source. So we see it happen with common eggs and chicken, um, you know, veggies happens very common with any and all cruciferous veggies. Um, we have to constantly switch these items up and we have to constantly be kind of looking out for ourselves. When, when you say food intolerance, yeah. does that mean you are developing digestive issues yeah. from it? Well, your body, your body's responding negatively to the, to, to the intake of that food. Mm. So, you know, one, one item that can happen is all foods kind of have different uh, enzymes that essentially want to break it down Mm -hmm. or that it requires to break it down or something else that can happen is it could just go into your gut and just start your gut decides um, likely due to enzymatic properties or from a biome issue that it's just going to sit there and ferment. Well, then Mm -hmm. you get really gassy with that Mm -hmm. food and then the food it's just sitting in there and now you get constipation. Yeah. Well, it's it's not passing through to the small intestine be assimilated. Another item is it could pass through to, uh, through to the small 
small intestine. It could get trapped there. It could pass through to a large intestine. It mm-hmm. can get trapped there. It's just, uh, you know, a, a chemical um, that is, and I don't mean chemical in terms of like something that is man-made. All foods are made up of chemicals, even mm-hmm. when it comes from the earth. Yeah. A chemical in that food, an item in that food, your body's not agreeing with. And so hmm. now, you know, now we have these issues that kind of pop up. Usually if we catch it early, I mean, I would say how I do things is we will pull it for three weeks or four weeks um, and then we can slowly reintroduce it back in. Because like if a, if a person's eating like this food item that fucking much, they obviously enjoy the food item. Like, <laughs> sure. like there's something that they want to eat. Yeah. So we don't want to keep it out for long. We just have to, I guess, uh, for lack of better terms, resensitize mm. the, the uh, digestive tract to the intake of the food. Kelly, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And so for protein specifically, it's your body. It's like, it just doesn't like that protein anymore. And so what can happen is your body doesn't agree with that amino acid. And, and therefore it's kind of, you know, becoming issues when you're digesting those egg whites or that chicken. Um, and, and I've asked this question to my professors. I'm like, why does that happen? And they're like, they don't actually hundred percent. know. it just does. Like yeah. sometimes you can just deal with it. Like just, it's randomly flares off. Yeah. So it definitely, I think about six weeks is what they've taught us, uh, in terms of like removing something for a food intolerance, remove it for six weeks. It takes that long for the body to quote unquote, like forget it. And then you can reintroduce and usually you don't have issues. So six weeks. I never heard that before. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try that next time. Fuck yeah. So Kelly is a very high level bikini competitor. She's really fucking good. Like if if, if you guys have never seen Kelly Grace's, you've never seen stage presence like this. (laughs) You haven't seen stage presence until you've seen Kelly on stage. Dude, that shit's bonkers. (laughs) It's, it's absolutely insane. So Kelly, obviously, especially with the new wellness division introduced, the bikini division is constantly changing. It's like a moving target of like, all right, what, like it, it varies show to show see the fun part about being a bodybuilder is i know exactly what i need to show up like i i know every single box that needs checked and if i check all those boxes and show up i'm gonna have a really good fucking shot and with bikini it's like well fuck dude like it's a constant element of like man i really hope she's not too hard when she's not very hard or man um you know i really hope she's not too muscular up top when she's not very muscular up top it's like this constant um like as a coach who i do have a lot of really good bikini girls like Kelly, um, I have to constantly like every show that happens every week. I look at the I look at the overall winners. Mm-hmm. Every show that happens around America, I go through and look at the overall winners, and I just like take mental notes of like, okay, like this is where things are headed in the MPC. This is where things are going. But what's frustrating to me as a coach is then I look at the IFBB and all the critiques that I've gotten from my athletes in the MPC who you know we thought was going to perform better is exactly what's showing up on the IFBB stage. Like there's zero parallels, but like, it's almost like two completely separate divisions. So Kelly, just give us your thoughts on the current state of the MPC and the IFBB bikini division. I would love to hear what you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that regional level shows and like nationals, and like pro shows are completely different ballparks. Yeah. Like, and what they're looking for and what is awarded, it can be very confusing. So I'll even use myself as an example. Like I, I have a more petite, or at least I was, we'll see what happens next year. She's yoked as fuck now. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. We're growing. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was a more petite bikini competitor last year and I did well. And I think that, you know, at the regional level show, there were girls that had more muscle than me, but I beat them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I, it's just, it is what it is. Whoever shows up judging that day, what they're looking for. But then I went to nationals and it didn't work out so hot for me. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I just want an overall, how does this happen? And that's, what I, <laughs> that's my issue is like, how do we get it a little bit more consistent? Yeah. Like, so someone wins an overall and they know that they're actually ready to hit the national stage. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and have it be a bit more consistent in that way. But I think that the bikini division is beautiful where it's mm. at. I love where the pros are at right now Yeah. in terms of the balance, the conditioning, the fullness, yeah. the stage presence. I absolutely love posing. Mm. It's like my, one of my favorite parts of competing. Mm. And I think that that gets awarded really well. So like if you, 
you have really excellent posing and a girl might even have a better body than you, but your posing is maybe a bit more advanced and and more stunning, then you can take the win for that. And and I love that that's a part of this because I think that's what makes bikini kind of special in that way. Um, It it really allows you to have some fun with it. And so it's that it can be confusing though. It definitely can. Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Especially man, like at the IFBB level, you know, those girls are hard. They are yeah. hard and they've got delts and they've got pretty good fucking lats to make that side, that front pose really pop. And, you yeah. know, dude, the, the posing at the like watching the bikini posing at the pro level is fucking beautiful. Like that shit is mm-hmm. you're going to have so much fun with that when you get there. <laughs> you're you're going to yeah. love that so much. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that that's going to be really fucking cool. Um, I think, you know, what's interesting is. So many bikini competitors are always told what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And it just leaves a whole bunch of confusion. And, you know, I want to always give you guys extreme direction on just what to do. And this is the direction we need to head. This is where we want to go. I mean, man, how many times do I hear like bikini girls coming to me and they're like, well, my old coach told me not train quads anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the pro level and I'm like, Man, this girl's quads are four times fucking bigger than yours. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Do you, there, there's no sweep. There, there's no quad sweep. And they're like, yeah, my coach told me not to train quads anymore. Like, dude, there are very, very, very few people who fall into that. Bikini, now, especially with the wellness division being introduced, bikini, wellness, both of those, it's a genetic show. What were you born with? What's your shape? What's your hip shape? How, how narrow are your hips, your shoulder girdle? Um, what do you, what's your glute shape? You know, you can't control glute shape. You can only enhance what you got. You, you, you can't make your, uh, you know, glutes tie in higher or lower your hamstrings, uh, you, you know, tie in higher, or lower, um, Dels, any of you can, you can only enhance what you've got. Um, and I, I, I really believe that if you have the genetics to make it on the bikini level, like you need to enhance your physique. You need to completely fill out your physique and nothing, need, nothing can overpower. Everything needs to be very streamlined. You, you need to have really, really good and prominent lines, but you know, we can't have any striations. I feel like the judging criteria is very straightforward here. Does that criteria always get upheld? Well, you know, we just kind of discussed that, but I think a big problem I have with the bikini division is a lot of girls, you know, with a lot of coaches have more questions than they have answers. And I think, you know, for some of these people, it holds them back from, you know, achieving their you know true potential in this in this sport. Um, and, you know, man, bikini girls go hard. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, Kelly fucking goes hard in the gym. Like she loves training and just getting the fuck after it. I, I mean, you know, today at the gym, we had a girl who's won three fucking Miss Olympia titles in bikini who was there training. Like, dude, she was not taking it easy. Like it was not light. Like she was getting the fuck after it and she was really making it fucking happen. And, and, and man, honestly, uh, it, it, it was, it was, uh, Angelica, Kelly, she she trains oh, wow. at my gym. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Taylor actually went up and talked to her today. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. she amazing. she she is amazing, dude. She's yoked. Mm-hmm. Like Angelica yeah, is yoked, bro. Yeah. Like you know, she's she what nineteen weeks out from the Olympia right now. Um, like, cool. dude, that is not a small girl. Like, she's a yeah. fucking beast. And, like, I That's wish cool. that bikini girls could just like see like what she's well maybe not what she's doing in the gym <laughs> but but how she looks yeah you know, like her physique right now yeah I, I probably don't agree with her training a ton but that doesn't mean her training's wrong she's won three fucking miss olympia titles mm-hmm. but like i said bikini is a genetically driven division she has some of the you know she's one of the most she's one of the top 15 most genetically gifted uh, bodybuilders on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just fits, it fits the division very well. Um, yeah. Do, so do you think a lot of newcomer and Kelly, I would love your opinion on this too. A lot of newcomer bikini competitors kind of hold back a little bit because they're afraid to train oh, yeah. too hard and afraid oh, to get yeah. too hard. Like she is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they're always told they're too much. I mean, Kelly, what do you think? You, you have some bikini girls on your roster. You're bringing up. What do you think? 
oh, I think you in bikini, you should be training like you're a bodybuilder. Yeah, like, and you've said that. And, and you shouldn't be leaving reps in the tank. Like, you need to go hard. You need to train. And I don't want to, like, you just need to train as hard as you can. And, yeah. and you can't be like, oh, I'm just doing, you know, and this is no hate to people that do this, but like, I'm just doing kickbacks today and like, yeah. kick thrusts and then I'm out. Like, nope. you need to do compound movements. Yep. Like, you, you need to. And, and no, I feel like girls are so afraid of like getting too big too yep. quickly. I've been trying to get too big for so long Dude. and I'm not there Dude. yet. <laughs> I can promise you it ain't happening, especially, you know, again, seeing Angelica, we have another um, bikini pro that trains at the gym. I can promise you, you are not getting too big. Mm -hmm. Like it, you're right. listening to this podcast. If you're worried about being too big, you are not. You are absolutely not. And, you know, it's about the dieting process. This is about what you're doing during the dieting process. This is about how hard you're actually attacking your stage presence and your posing. You know, do you know how to show your fucking physique or do you not know how to show your physique? There's really no in between there. It's kind of a yes or a no. And if you do know how to showcase your physique, then you're going to show you're, you're going to show your best attributes mm -hmm. that you have for the division when you are on stage. If you don't know how to show your physique, then you are not going to do that. I highly recommend practicing posing all the time, hiring a posing coach like Kelly to help you get to that point. Um, you know, Kelly does all of my girls bikini posing. We, we, we worked with someone in the past who I realized I realized was given all my girls and like all her girls, the exact same routines. Can you believe that? Really? Not what? Yeah. Really? The exact same routine. So you see it once, you're like, hmm, I've seen yeah. that before. Yeah, they wow. they they all had the exact same. You, cookie cutter. Bro. How do you? I mean, okay. How do you decide on what routine is right for somebody? That's a great oh, question, a, Kelly. Yeah, I mean, that's question. for for bikini. That's on Kelly. All the yeah. other divisions sure, I know, but sure. Kelly, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. So a lot of the time, so like they have a couple of standard front poses and, and I'm a huge fan of like the, the front pose that's shown off the side glue yep. and it's a bit more towards the side, but it's considered a front pose. Yep. Um, I think that's most flattering on most people. I think that the stallion pose looks great on some people. Mm -hmm. However, it's tough to execute. Like I even tried to do it last year and um, I, I just didn't, it didn't work well. Yep. And so I, I think that as a whole, it's, it's hit or miss with that one. So most people will get set up with some variation of that front side pose. Um, and then when we're doing the routine, I really learn like how comfortable somebody is with their posing. And that's, that comes down to personality. Mm -hmm. So that's what really starts to come out when somebody starts getting comfortable with me. Um, then we start to see their personality come out and that's when we can have fun with things. Like, oh, yeah. you know, we start doing more like hair flips and we add the sass in and like we do certain turns and maybe we do this with your glutes instead and we sway our hips this way. And like, it really depends on the personality. So I can't exactly give like a specific, but it comes down to personality, mm -hmm. how advanced they are with their posing, how comfortable they are. If someone's not comfortable, I'm not going to throw them for a loop and make them do all this stuff, yeah. you know, this extra stuff. Um, you know, it's good if we can just get them to pose well. And yeah. so it, it does come down to a few different factors, but it, it, the person's physique too, that's huge. Like what does their physique look like? What are their proportions? Do they have a lot of glute? Do they not have a lot of glute? Okay. How hard are we going to have to fit into that front pose yeah. and things like that? So it does, it's very individualized. After a bikini girl gets off stage, her whatever hip she is leading with is very sore. <laughs> it is very fatigued. So, so it, it sounds like there's there's some core movements or yeah. some core poses, and yeah. then it's, it's how you design around those. I would say, I mean, for me, um, you know, there's a few ways to hit a back pose. Mm -hmm. I have a favorite back mm -hmm. pose. Okay, there's a. There's probably, I mean, off the top of my head, about five ways to hit a front pose. I have like two favorites and then one kind of favorite, depending on the physique. I have two that I would never do. Mm -hmm. um, the big item is to transition the, the personality like okay. Kelly's talking yep, about. Yep. You have to be sexy. Mm -hmm. Don't be a stripper. But you can't, yeah, you, you can't have be to be too sexy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you, you have to be charismatic, but don't be obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. You, 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 you have to be cute. We don't really need you to be charming. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we, we have to take all these items into consideration. And for some folks, their personality does not fit that on stage yet. Mm -hmm. for it, now, understand. On stage personality is different than what your day to day personality is. Now, when they come inside, you, you, what you start off with with your posing is exactly who you are in real life. As you get more time under your belt, as you understand the division more, as you're on stage more, you kind of develop this stage you. Um, like if you like, I mean, Kelly, you've seen Taylor on stage. 
off stage, she's goofy. You know, she's like yeah. joking around. She's a bit wonky. And then on stage, Taylor's there to fucking kill you. Mm. Taylor's yeah. there to take your fucking heart out your chest and throw it across the fucking stage That's and cool. spit on you while you fall on the ground. Yeah. You know, Hannah, Hannah's, Hannah's really nice. Hannah's yeah. a really nice girl. Yeah. No, on stage, she wants to put your her fucking heel <laughs> through your soul and just rip your fucking body apart. Yeah. Like she will do anything for the win. Okay. And, you know, Kelly on stage, you know, Kelly on stage, her personality is exactly how it is here, but she has this killer edge to her. Okay. And like she like n- none of these girls are okay with anything but first place. That's why, you know, we all we all vibe and mesh so well. Um, Taylor's one of the biggest um Taylor's one of the biggest changes I've ever seen from off stage to on stage. Don't you think so, Kelly? <laughs> Yeah, no, Taylor is one of my favorite human beings in the entire world, but it's so true. The goofiest person. And then on stage, she's like this beautiful, elegant, like, holy crap, cutthroat bikini girl. It's awesome. It's really cool. Bro, do you you, you remember a junior USA's in Charleston last year? And Taylor was like, thought that that one girl was like talking shit or was like in our way or something. Taylor started getting a little fucking hood on her. (laughs) And I was like, uh uh, 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 hold up. We don't fucking do that. Taylor was, she was ready. Oh, Taylor's ready to go outside. She was, yeah. and, and you she know, was. yeah. And, and three minutes later, she's on stage with this huge smile, with this elegant and class in her pose, with some sexy sass, dude. It's so, yeah. you. Just, I mean, you flip the switch, sure. You know, um, and it's one thing I love about the bikini division because, like, in bodybuilding, we don't really have that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're all we're all we're all there for one reason. Yeah. <laughs> we're all there, you know. In bikini, there's a different type of camaraderie, mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool. Um, you know, but there's some girls who are some bad words backstage <laughs> like, okay. yeah. some, oh, like like dude like because at the same time this is also just the bikini division sure. i don't mean to say it's just bikini it is just the bikini division yeah you're in the front post you're hitting the back post yeah, yeah you're walking to the back of the stage you're coming back up to the front you're not fucking out there laying it all on the line flexing your fucking shit out when you haven't drank water and lord knows how long with a shit ton of diuretics and you can't even fucking see anything and like for 14 fucking it ain't that yeah and like some of these girls act like they're about to go to battle and it's like dude like <laughs> okay. honestly like it's it's going to be a much better um it's going to be a much better experience for you mm-hmm. like as a bikini competitor as like a men's physique competitor you're not going into battle against anybody mm-hmm. you're you're you are going out there and you should expect to win and you should be there doing what it takes to win and you should be acting as if you are there to kick everyone's ass on stage but like when you're like mobbing backstage it's like so you're you're a hundred and five pound girl. Like go away. I, I was gonna ask this, and I don't know if there's much you, you guys could talk about this, but yeah. you, you know, you pose you backstage, you're just kind of pumping, posing, yeah. whatever, and you're talking to David. Yeah. Okay. And Kelly, you might have more experience with this because on the female side, is there more drama backstage or is it pretty good camaraderie? And then if you can't like if hmm. I'm sure it's hit or miss per show per, per group of people. Yeah. The national show, Kelly, do you think the national shows are a lot more intense backstage? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I only went to one national show and yeah. it felt like a totally different vibe. And like we had yeah. been competing at the regionals. And I think as a whole though, like the majority of people, everyone is there because we love bodybuilding. We yeah, love the sport sure. and we, we just love doing it. Right. Yeah. So people are very appreciative of the other people's hard work and you tend to make friends backstage. I will say that, like, I know yeah. that's surprising. I, I always leave with a friend. I don't think I've ever went to a show and never left with a new friend. Yeah. Cool. So most people are very kind, but you have those girls that are very competitive. And I'm sure this goes for guys too, that maybe mm. they think they're above, you know, maybe you or whatever it is. And they're really competitive or maybe however they handle their stress on show day. Yeah. Um, and we have, we've had a little incident like that. Justin was just we've talking about. Yeah. Yeah, we've and had instances where I've, I've had to go talk to other coaches, and other coaches basically told me to fuck off, and I told you, I'll show oh, you fucking off. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, it gets heated. Sure. It, 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 you're, you're also there. You know, I take three girls to a show who are all very strong contestants to get top five and maybe, you know, earn a pro card. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm there. My fucking juices are flowing too. But at the same yeah. time, you know, this is bodybuilding. We all worked really yeah. hard to get here. Let's yeah. have some sense. And this isn't the bodybuilders who are on stage right now. Like, no, when, when bodybuilders are backstage, we're, we don't have a lot to say to each other. Yeah, we don't, there, there's, there's not a lot of love lost there. Sure. Uh, well, you also know what's going to happen when you go, like how bad it's going to hurt when you walk out. 
you know, when you, when you're on that stage, That's, you, about, you yeah. know what's coming as well. I was going to say, cause when, for your posing, I mean, you know, you've got to be ready for it mentally. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you're not thinking of anything it's, else. It's like a mental battle, but also yeah. with women, like they are in heels on a carpet True. floor. True. And I mean, if you stumble, you're out the top five. You don't have a chance. You're, you're done. If you're not focused, you're done. You stumble. You're probably, they're probably putting you in last place Yeah. to be, unless someone's just there who doesn't deserve to be there and like yeah. does not have a worthy physique. Um, so, you know, women have like men, we don't worry about that. Yeah. We're fucking flat footed on a carpet stage. We have fantastic grip to the ground. Sure. But you know, when you're on carpet now, there are not all stages are carpet. Um, and Kelly, you know, should probably be the one speaking on this more than me, but Kelly, isn't it, is it hard? Is, it's harder to walk um, across some of the carpets because you kind of have to lift your legs up a bit. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, carpet sucks. I love carpet. I love carpet. I'm sure it's fucking great. <laughs> and, and, and that rear double bicep pose when I'm on carpet, I can just yeah. grip the fuck out of that thing. Yeah, like, dude. Man, if you're on, if you're on a, um, uh, oh, what's like a tile or like any other type of stage, sure. which like bikini girls would prefer a bit more. It's so hard to grip. Oh, it's sure. so hard to grip. They probably sweat too. And it gets slippery you know, a little bit. You're sweating a lot yeah. harder too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there is still a mental component for the mm-hmm. women and it's also, you know, flipping that switch. It's just, don't be backstage acting like you're a hard ass. No, you're not fighting anybody. You're not yeah. impressing anybody. Like you're going to impress all of us. If you win that pro, uh, if you win that pro oh. card Yeah. and um, Kelly, what was the girl's name who won junior USA? Ashley Parker. Oh gosh. I don't remember her name. She I was beautiful Ashley, though. She was, okay. she was, she was bonkers. Yeah. She was and backstage. She was talking to everyone. She had this big smile on her she face. Was so she, sweet. she was so fucking sweet. Yeah. And like she won her pro card dude. This was her second ever show. And she won the overall, she won the whole ass bitch dude. Oh, wow. She won the entire show in her second show ever. She went to a uh, pro show. Kelly, have you followed her at all since then? She got top five in one or two pro shows. Has she really? Dude, yeah, I don't dude. know if I follow her. I, I remember her that day though. She was gorgeous. Bro. She was so nice. That that was a big thing. She was so kind backstage yeah. to everybody. It's very yeah. rare that a bikini girl walks out and you're like, well, over. Like it's it's <laughs> it done. Like no that. no one else has a prayer. Yeah. And it was basically like that when Ashley walked out. I think she was in um was she in yours or was she in Taylor's class? I think she might have been in Taylor's okay. class. I think it was yeah. Taylor's class, dude. Yeah, she was she was bonkers. But transitioning from this, but dude, I could talk about the bikini. Yeah, sure, day. sure. Like backstage, that could be a last other podcast. Yeah, we have that, yeah, yeah. That, that's a fun ass <laughs> one. Kelly, people, something that I know people are going to want to hear is, and also, you know, big thing about you, you hired me before. You know, before things were even close to where they're at now. So yeah. people are on here. What was your journey to hiring me to winning our first overall together and then hitting the national stage? Just kind of talk about that journey, um, you know, that we kind of went on there. Yeah. So I remember when I was looking for a new coach in 2018, I had taken a year to be by myself because I was mm-hmm. doing my own nutrition and training. I needed some time to figure out who do I want for my coach? I don't want to be coach hopping. And I just yep. didn't have luck with the coaches I was working with previously. So I was like, let me see what's out there. Let me see what I can do myself, whatever. So I found you on Twitter. Actually, I found you on Twitter before Instagram, which is so strange, but yeah. I found you on Twitter and you were doing those threads where yep. you would educate a lot in the thread. And so I was, you know, just kind of coming up with my own coaching and I was like, Oh, this guy like really knows his stuff. Like I'm going to, you know, follow him. And I really found you for the threads on Twitter. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to follow him on Instagram. And then I was following you on Insta and I saw your, your work with your clients. I was like, wow, like he knows how to get people conditioned for show. Mm -hmm. And that was something I really always struggled with. I don't know if it was my hormones. I don't know if it was the coach. I don't know what it was. Cause like, I always worked my butt off and I was like, why can I never get lean enough? Like that was always my biggest thing. And so I was like, okay, like I I had my eye on you, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like kind of seeing what I, what I wanted. And then I saw the way that you talked to your clients. So this is kind of what sold me was you were always hyping up your clients. I followed one of your clients. Her name was Haley. I don't think she's a client anymore, Mm -hmm. but she was from Massachusetts. That's how I saw her. Okay. And 
we had been on a team previously together. So that's how I met her. And you were always hyping her up. And then you were always talking to your clients, like you're doing amazing. Like you're doing so great. Like you were just so commute. You're always communicating with people. And I never really had that with my coaches. They were nice people. Like, don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't like that coach client relationship. And I knew that I was going to be in this sport for a very long time. And I wanted to have that coach that like got me to my pro card and then takes me to my first pro show. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wanted that. So I was like, okay, perfect. Like I'm going to, I think this is it. Like he knows his stuff. He seems like a really good coach, like from like that communication aspect. So I remember I booked a call and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never booked a call to like do like a consult before. So I was like kind of nervous. And then you called me and you were super friendly and I was like, okay, I'm not nervous anymore. Like, you were just so nice. <laughs> I remember and that you're call. Like, hey Kelly, what's up? Like, how you doing girl? And I was like, oh my God, he's so nice. Okay. I'm not nervous. So <laughs> and we just like talked and I was like, okay, like his energy is really good like he's really nice like I'm totally down like this is exactly what I need like and so then I signed up and it's been history ever since fuck <laughs> yeah has, I, I took that call at Whole Foods I think I told you about yes. that before. Yeah, I was a whole food just doing grocery shopping. And I was like, time to call Kells. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it, it, I was in Austin, right? Yeah, because I was right, like right when I moved down here, I believe. Um Let's see. So before or after Hannah got here, I think no, no, it was way before that. Way Kelly's before. been okay. with me for a while. Was she like um, the second assistant coach? She, let's see. Kelly was the third. You were my third assistant coach, right, Kelly? I think so. Yeah, because you had the Lipton, yeah, Hannah, the Lipton's, and then Hannah, and then yeah. you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew that I wanted to hire Kelly. Um, rather early on we had a conversation maybe within like four or five months of working together we just had a you know just kind of a conversation away from being coach client more so just mm-hmm. like getting to know one another yeah um and you know i kind of asked her like you know what she wanted well that that was when i really learned what her intentions were with like she wants to pursue you know coaching mm-hmm. and she was always very impressive in our you know in our conversations but she was a very impressive client you know as well she's constantly making progress i knew that she was you know you know, crossing the uh, T's dot in the I's, um, doing everything that I needed her to do. And then I learned of her, you know, you know, intentions. And then I started really following her very closely on social media, kind of reading everything. Um, but, you know, I also, you know, Kelly had body by Kelly and I wasn't sure how it was, you know, going, how it was doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't want to infringe upon anything because this was also before TM was huge. Mm. I mean, when I brought Kelly on, we were around like, I mean, it was, yeah, me, Hannah, the Liptons, uh, my ex, and yeah, just us four. And we were on like 150, 160 clients total. Wow. Um, you know, most of those were mine, but, you know, I, I only, I had maybe 65, yeah. 70 clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, that seems a little. <laughs> Jesus. Especially like Scott is the number now and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. um, and and um, it's funny because I felt overwhelmed at 70 and now it's, it, it, it is Fuck. so, it, you know, it's just funny. Um, and then, man, Kelly was always posting really good shit. And so I hit up one day for a phone call um and you know i basically just like threw it out there uh i you know i kind of explained i don't really want to infringe upon anything if you know what you're doing is what you want to do with your company but i just have this this inkling Mm -hmm. and you know i want to kind of hear your thoughts on it and i was really nervous about the phone call dude i was so i i I, never been told no kelly did you kind of know could you did you have a feeling so he had texted he had messaged me on whatsapp so he was like what out of nowhere he was like what are your like career goals? And I was like, whoa, yeah. like, where'd that come okay. from? And I was like, that's yeah. kind of cool. I was like, well, let me tell him, like, whatever. Yeah. And so when he said that to me, I kind of like had a feeling, but I didn't know he was looking for an assistant coach or anything. And it wasn't yeah. like how Team Haley is now. Like, you know, we have so many assistant coaches now. And, and so I didn't, I didn't know right away. I was like, oh, interesting. And then he was like, oh, I want to schedule like a call. Like, I love that, like, whatever. And I was like, yeah, like, let's do it. And so like, I kind of had a feeling. Um, and then I was super nervous. You were nervous. That's I was funny. super nervous. I was, and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, what is, I'm like, well, this is crazy. Cause it was like a big decision, you know, I was like, oh, am I going to like join forces here? Like, yeah. well, what do I do? Like, you know, it was like kind of a big decision. So, but I knew exactly if he was offering me a job, I was like, heck yeah, I'm yeah. taking it. Dude, it's, it's so funny to know is, you know, you, you, my, my best friends at the time, yeah. you, you know, yeah, yeah. um, dude, I mean, 
it was it, like they really had to talk me into it. Oh, like, really? Oh, big time. I was like, I, wow. I, I, I just I, I felt like, um, you know, Kelly did a good job. Not that she was doing this intentionally. Yeah. But like everyone has to fake it. So they make it sure, right. Sure. And like Kelly was doing a really good job of marketing and promoting her fucking you know, her yeah. thing. She was doing yeah. what she should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was yeah. doing what she should. Um, but, you know, from like now looking back if I was in Kelly's shoes and I was seeing what was going on here, but like, I couldn't tell that it was special at the time. Yeah. I was just trying to fucking, I was just trying to hustle. Sure. Sure. I was trying to make something happen. Yeah. And Kelly's from Kelly's shoes. I'm sure she could see the trajectory much better than I could. Mm-hmm. And she could yeah. see like, Oh fuck, like this is becoming something. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm part of something right now. Okay. And yeah. like, I didn't have that. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I was just so entrenched. Yeah. And like, what the fuck can I do? What can I do? This was yeah. Steven. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, sure. and, and it's, it's, it's funny hearing this cause it's yeah. such a different dynamic now. Oh, oh now I know I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. Now I know I'm the large best. Group yeah. Now. And, um, yeah, yeah. Cause you, you didn't, you and I did not know each other then no, so man. kelly see me go through a few different phases here yeah. of life of, like, of overall life and business yeah like leadership roles of, and stuff of like leadership that kind of roles yeah. too you know when i brought kelly on it was like like i was a leader but i wasn't i mean it wasn't close to now now i am yeah. now i feel like i deserve to have people who are listening to my word and i feel like it's a good word and i know mm-hmm. that it's one that's impactful yeah. actually i want to shout out to one of my clients because she sent me a message earlier today that made me feel amazing mm-hmm. Crystal, she sent me a message today. She said, as I'm sitting here typing out an Instagram caption, I notice everyone in the industry, everyone I follow in the industry is trying to talk like you now. And this wasn't a thing. This didn't used to happen six months ago. It wasn't happening, you know, a year ago. That definitely was happening. She said, everyone's trying to talk like you now. And people set into this industry and make an impact. And you, you are doing it and you are living it. And you have impacted an entire industry. And like, dude, like she sent me this really long, nice message about it. And like, that's really cool for me to hear. And then it's cool to have this conversation with Kelly because man, when I was calling Kelly and I now I feel like I can pick up the phone and call anyone they're like fuck yeah sure are you kidding sure. like you didn't even need to ask just it, in the it, contract it's, like, <laughs> it, it's it's like you you are you're now walking the walk yeah while everybody else is trying yeah. to talk the talk but even the people within team Haley, like kelly yeah they're walking the walk they're absolutely not, they're not trying to preach it and pretend it and fake no. it until they make it because now it's reality now it's 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 real this is how yeah. we are this is what we do we yeah. live for this shit um and you know so so that shit felt good uh you know but kelly you know kelly really has uh you know her and hannah have kind of been like my my right hand you know my my, my right hand men and well, women, I guess your little warriors, <laughs> like, like they, you know, they, they've always like kind of looked out for me, like kind of protected sure. me. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely appreciate that because we have had a long journey together, um, you know, to get to where things are now. So, so it's been really cool to watch Kelly's evolution as a coach where, you know, she came in and right away, she brought something, you know, she brought a lot of intelligence, like, man, where she's at now, mm-hmm. like when she started with me, she was training a ton of, you know, weight loss clients who were struggling with adherence. Mm. And that's a, that is a, place that every every trainer has to go through yeah. you have to be able to get through those people that's where you understand how to become a fucking coach yeah. and people are like i don't want to train those people i don't give a fuck you have sure. to train those right. people sure. is if you can't get results in them how the fuck are you gonna get results in me how are you gonna get results in kelly how are you gonna get results in savannah how are you gonna get results in you yeah you know like if you can't make those people work and then someone like us gets into a rut what the fuck are you gonna do that's how you learn kelly i have a question for you when you first when this was happening were you into competing or not yet? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 I, I started competing a long time ago. I was like, I started when I was 17, oh, but shit. me and Justin yeah. were in prep. Yeah. 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 We were in prep when I this forget started. How young this Kelly went is. down, huh? Oh uh, dude, Kelly's yeah. Kelly's so far advanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were in prep when she came on and like, I mean, within a couple months after that, she won that fucking overall. And I was like, yup. I remember walking around the apartment. Yup. Yup. Just clapping my hands. I was like, yup. Like, I made the oh right fucking God. call here. Huh? That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah oh it, it was, but in that, in, in that show, there were a couple other big name coaches who at the time probably had bigger, definitely had bigger brands than me that Kelly stomped all of them. Um, oh and so, gosh. you know, that was also that, 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 that was a, 
very transitive moment, you know, for you as well as your first fucking overall. Like, how sick is that? Yeah. Uh, like, that's yeah, a wild special. feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, so, Kelly, I, I have one more question for you, and then we're going to leave the listeners with something really good after that. One question. What do you think holds people back more than anything else with their diet and their physique or their performance goals? What's one variable that you just really think people just get tripped up on? Yeah. Good one. Very good one. So variable. So, okay. I'm going to make this as condensed as I can. I promise. So consistency is huge for a lot of people. You know, they'll think they're really being consistent and then they're missing steps, but then they hit steps the next day and then they're not. And then they're really stressed and then they're not. And then the sleep is up and down. And like, when I say consistency, I mean, consistency across the board, like your steps, your macros, your cardio, your training, your stress management, your sleep, literally everything is picture perfect. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but that's the expectation here. Um, so when, when you are trying to achieve a really incredible physique, those, everything needs to be on point every day. Mm -hmm. And so people won't be consistent enough for long enough. Mm -hmm. And I find that the patience begins to run out. So people get frustrated and they're like, well, this isn't working. And I don't deal with this anymore, but this is something I used to deal with early, early on in coaching. And people would be like, you know, I just don't think it's the right time for me. I'm going to go on my own. I just can't do this right now. And I think that the lack of patience holds people back because they never really get to see their full potential because they don't give it enough time. Yeah. And that's huge. Um, and so that that's a really big one is the patience because this doesn't happen quickly. Like it, I've been doing this and it sounds kind of crazy. I've literally been doing the whole training and tracking my calories now macros now, of course, but since I was 14, I'm going to be 24 in October. Like, yeah. and I'm still not at where I want to be yet. And I'm still showing up every day. And mm-hmm. that's how I feel like most people should be is just keep showing up, executing every day. And the results are going to follow with that. Yeah. You just need to be patient. And let time do its thing. That's that's huge. I, I, I agree 100% with that. People don't understand discipline is a choice. Like how often do you get hit yeah. up? Like, man, how do you, how do I, what? Because I don't want to fucking be average because I want to fucking have a physique that when I step on stage, it is absolutely over because when I want to, when I go out to the fucking store, I want everyone to turn their fucking head at, Oh my God, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Because I, what do you mean? How do I, because I have fucking goals, dude. Like we're not here just to fucking, we're, we're truly not here to just achieve nothing. I, I can't imagine being so empty of having zero fucking achievements and like, like chase something, work for something. Discipline is a choice that you make and you constantly practice. Once you practice discipline and you really kind of buy all in with the discipline, it's not going to be, how do you, it's going to be, how do you fuck up? How, how, how do I, how do I go off now? Like the progress becomes so addicting. It's like, it's like habitual at that yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you, you wake up, you have a protein goal. You have step goal. You have a training goal. It, you just you do fucking it. hit them. Sure. You sure. literally yeah. just do them. Like Kelly said, do you want to have a good enough physique or you want to have a special physique? Mm-hmm. Like I want to be special and, and special doesn't have to be bodybuilding centric. Special can be, you have someone on Instagram that you follow that you believe has a special physique you would look like to look like. Yeah. And your body is going to be very different from them. Nothing you do is ever going to make you look identical to them. But can you get on that same level? Can you, can you elevate your physique to that same level? Well, that takes special effort. Special shit requires special effort. If the shit was easy, if discipline was easy, everyone would have a good physique. Nobody would stand out. Nobody would. So I believe in that as well. And most, most clients who fall off and who leave the team, it's because of that they realize they don't fucking have what it takes. Mm-hmm. And I don't have this on my roster. Kelly has this like the next least amount on her roster, but discipline is a fucking choice. And you guys decide every day, if you want to do the work that it takes to be truly special, if you want to just stay really fucking average. And honestly, I mean, you've been average your whole life. Like why not change it? You know, why not go do something? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously that's something we truly, I mean, that's the whole grower die mentality mm-hmm. um, is every day. So yeah, I agree Kelly with you hundred percent on that. Now, um, what is something that you want to leave the listeners with? Whatever you think can help them, can guide them through a fitness journey, a mental battle through life. What is something that you want to leave the listeners with and you want to leave your mark with? 
Yeah. So I think that a lot of people that listen to this are enjoying, you know, fitness and nutrition, of course, they they love the mindset stuff. So I wanted to kind of pop something in. No, it doesn't have to be career based. It could be kind of whatever. But I think that following your passion is huge and finding what that passion is in life, because when you find that passion and you dive deep into it and you become an expert in that passion, I don't care what it is. Like it could be collecting rocks and you love that. Like I want you to find that because when you find what you're passionate about and you go full force with it, it's your every day you're living with a completely different sense of purpose. And it's so fulfilling. And and it's something that I can't even really describe because Mm -hmm. you have to kind of feel it and you need to find it yourself, but find that passion and don't settle for anything less than that and don't settle for for like an average you know just life or an average every day like find what you're passionate about find what you care about and just run with it and, and really enjoy it for what it is um because i think that that's been something that has just been so life-changing for me and i'm really lucky i found that so young but i, I couldn't imagine like living any other way i get to wake up every single day and mm-hmm. i'm excited like i don't think many people can say that but they're genuinely excited to go to work like yeah. i am genuinely so excited to go to work yeah. and I, I don't care like you know, if I end up working until 10 o'clock at night, because I love my job Mm -hmm. like so much. And I love what I do with my fitness and nutrition, my bodybuilding, like, Mm -hmm. you know, me having to do steps after this for 30 minutes at 830 at night, like that doesn't bother me because I love it. And so find what you love because it'll never feel like a chore and you'll never work a day in your life. The only way you can really build success is if you go all in and you show up every single day. And the only way you're going to go all in and show up every single day is if you just have something that every morning you wake up sets your goddamn soul on fire that you just have such an abundance of passion for that you just can't even imagine your life without it. So I think that's amazing. I loved this podcast. I just, I fucking love talking to Kelly. And so Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. This is the first of many we're going to do with you. We will see you again here very soon. Okay, girl. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun, guys. Oh, yeah. So for episode 69 of the Grower Die podcast, we'll see you next time. Dude, that was fire. I loved that. I just, uh, yeah, oh I, I loved that. I think that's going to be that really was super good fun. Yeah. People, a lot of people are going to be really excited for this one. For sure. Dude, I'm so, pumped. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, fuck yeah. There's there's uh a lot of other things that you know I'd like to have you on for and kind of discuss and talk about. But you know, obviously we're gonna be doing this podcast forever and we're gonna be working together for a really long fucking time. So we got nothing but time. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. Is this the first podcast you've ever been on? Yeah, I never yeah. did that before. Right. Yeah, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was super fun. I was like really nervous at first, but then I got more comfortable as I went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. I mean, fun. yeah, you fucking killed it. People just like love you for who you are. So it's going to be going. It'll drop tomorrow. Um, and yeah, so we'll go from there. Okay. Awesome. Sound good? Awesome. Thank you so much. Had so much fun. Good. We'll and talk. I'm sure I'll see you soon. For yeah, the we'll talk meeting, in right? about yeah. an hour. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> we'll have a good rest of your hour and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Kelly. Bye bye.